If you're looking for job security, the last job you would ever want is to be a king or a queen. Some historians have estimated that throughout the history of Europe, kings and queens have reigned on an average of about four to five years. Obviously, Queen Elizabeth I and Queen Elizabeth II are exceptions, but they are queens that are constitutional monarchs. I'm talking about real kings and queens, those who have absolute authority and power. There does not seem to be a great deal of job security. What with jealous relatives, the handiness of assassins with their daggers, young maidens with vials of poison hanging around their necks, and someone lurking behind the curtain for self-elevation. So it's ironic that from the earliest days of the infant persecuted church, the crucified and risen Jesus of Nazareth was referred to in a variety of sources as the King of Kings. In Luke's Gospel, for instance, Jesus is pictured as a king even before he was born. When the angel tells Mary, the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. In Matthew's Gospel, the three visitors from the east ask, where is he who was born king of the Jews? In the Gospel of Mark, Jesus begins his public ministry by stating that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. In the final hours of his life, according to the Gospel of John, the Gospel we heard this morning, Jesus is interrogated by Pontius Pilate. The interrogation is classic. Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, do you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? My kingdom is not from this world. If it were, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. So you are a king, says Pilate. You say that I am a king, for this I was born. With us, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Now, in my wildest imagination, it seems to me that Pilate, Pilate had to think that Jesus was stark raving mad or a kind of king that he had never heard about before. The truth is, Jesus was and is to this day a unique king who reigns over a unique kingdom. Jesus, you see, is a servant king. And that must rank as one of the biggest oxymorons of all time. His kingly life was revealed in humility, self-emptying, service to others, giving others freedom according to the world standards. 
Jesus was a very strange king, one who serves, heals, reconciles, uplifts, and frees his followers. But sometimes we forget Jesus is a servant king, but with scars. There's a little book that I acquired some years ago and which I believe is still in print. The book's title is Celtic Daily Prayer. It had this simple but profound question and answer. What are the only human-made things in heaven? The answer, the wounds in the hands, feet, and side of Christ. One of the fascinating facts about the New Testament story of Jesus is that after his resurrection, he comes to his friends with scars. When they doubt who he was, he showed them the scars. The five scars are the sign of the most compelling love the world has ever known. And to this day, we still know Jesus by the scars that he bears. For the disciples then and for us disciples now, we remember how his wounds and sacrifice have forever transformed that hideous and tortuous method of capital punishment, the cross. As Christians, every time we witness a baptism, receive his body and blood, wear a cross, or celebrate the resurrection of a loved one at a funeral, we remember his scars and the hope that they bring. Jesus is alive as a unique king. He's alive now for us and for all others. He is alive, scars and all. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.